0: Our second scripture reading comes to us from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 7, verses 36 through 50. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to eat with him, and he went into the Pharisee's house and took his place at the table. And a woman in the city, who was a sinner, having learned that he was eating in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster joy of ointment. She stood behind him at his feet Teacher, he replied, speak. A certain creditor had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. When they could not pay, he canceled the debts for both of them. Now which of them will love him more? Simon answered, I suppose the one whom he canceled the greater debt. And Jesus said to him, you have judged rightly. Then turning to the woman, he said, to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has bathed my feet with her tears and dried them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from the time she is, I came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not anoint my feet with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore, I tell her, tell you, her sins, which are many, have been forgiven." Hence she has shown great love. But the one to whom little is forgiven loves little. Then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. But those who are at the table with him begin to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. This ends the reading of God's holy word. May God add many blessings to the hearing of it. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we've come into your house and gathered in your name to worship you. Enable us to hear your call in our lives. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts here together be found pleasing and acceptable in your sight. Our Lord, our rock, our redeemer. Amen. Perspective is a funny thing. Perspective can change the way we see everything. We might think we know something. We might think we know how we're going to approach something. We might think we know everything about it. But then our perspective changes just a little bit and everything shifts perfect example of this is when I was first beginning in ministry, I was asked to do a funeral service, to perform a, officiate a funeral service during the month of December. And because it was the Christmas season, the family asked that we sing Silent Night. Now this is a song that we usually only sing on Christmas Eve. We sing it in the darkness as it's lit by candles. And we sing Sleep in Heavenly Peace. And we picture the newborn Christ child sleeping peacefully and quietly. And we don't think about it back to when our children were infants and know that there was very little heavenly peace at night, that there was very little peaceful sleep, that it was often crying and gnashing of teeth. But that's what it invokes. But when we sang Silent Night at this funeral service, Instead, we thought of the dearly deceased sleeping in heavenly peace. The person who's passed from this world to the next, having the peace that only heaven can bring. And it's because of that Christ child. By singing that song in a different context, it gave a completely new perception of it. It changed the way we viewed it. Today we continue our journey through the Gospel of Luke. Today we continue the, the seventh chapter, which we've been on for three weeks. We've looked at every verse in it. And we see that Jesus' public ministry also has private moments. We see the Pharisees, Simon, invite Jesus into his home. And while he's there, a woman who's known as a sinner comes in. And this woman isn't a woman of little sin. It's a woman of sin who the whole community knows. She's known as a sinner. Simon says, you know, if you knew who this was, what she'd done like everyone else does, then you wouldn't let her touch you. And I think for a moment how brave this woman must be to go to this place where surely she will be judged She'll be looked down upon. She knows she will not be welcome. But because Jesus is there, she goes anyway. And she brings a jar of ointment. And we often think of this as an expensive jar of ointment, but expensive doesn't begin to to describe it. This ointment was extravagant. It was more than she could ever afford. It was probably everything she had in this world. It would be as if one of us went and saw Jesus and took our 401k and gave it to her. Or the deed to our mortgage. Or whatever else we place great monetary value on. And she takes this ointment, she pours it out on his feet and she cries as she kisses her feet and he, she anoints them and she dries them with her hair. And Simon can't help think to himself, "This man's a prophet. Doesn't he know who this woman is, what she has done? yet he lets her close to her. He lets her touch his feet, dry his feet with her hair. Kiss him. How can this be a holy man? We've all been duped. And Jesus knows what Simon is thinking. Jesus knows what Simon's saying. And he looks at him and says, Simon, I've got something to tell you. Suppose a creditor was owed by two debtors. One owed him $500. The other owed him $5,000. And neither of them could pay So he said, you know what? I forgive you both. Who loves him more? And Simon thought about it and said, well, I guess the one that owed him $5,000. And Jesus said, well, you've judged rightly. He said, I came in and you did not offer to wash my feet. Yet this woman has washed my feet with her tears. You did not anoint me. She has anointed me with expensive alabaster oil. You did not kiss me. She cannot stop kissing me. She has shown me great love. And then we get to, in my mind, what is the crucial verse in this passage. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, which were many, have been forgiven. Hence, she has grown, shown great love. And I think that's the crucial verse because it's so interesting in the original Greek. The word hence is a word oti. And it can mean hence. It can mean therefore. It can mean Because. It has many different meanings, and those meanings completely change the way this sentence is approached. Listen to it again. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, which were many, have been forgiven. Therefore, she has shown great love. Her sins, which were many, have been forgiven. So because they were forgiven, she shows great love. I tell you, her sins, which were many, have been forgiven because she's shown great love. It can mean two different things. Are her sins forgiven because she's shown great love? Or does she show great love because her sins are forgiven? You might have wondered... About the, the picture, the chicken and the egg. If it's the old joke, you know, what came first, the chicken or the egg? The riddle, you can't figure it out. Well, chickens lay eggs, but chickens come from eggs. So if the chicken came first, where did that chicken come from if not an egg? But if the egg came first, where did that egg come from if not a chicken? Which came first? The woman's great sins being forgiven? her showing great love? Did she show great love because her sins were forgiven? Or were her sins forgiven because she showed great love? I don't think there's an answer. I think it's a riddle like the chicken or the egg. I think it's a symbiotic relationship where they depend upon the other. You can't have the showing of great love without the forgiveness of sins, but you can't have the forgiveness of sins without the showing of great love. It's not an either or, it's a both and. Her sins are forgiven because she's shown great love, but she shows great love because her sins are forgiven. I said earlier that perspective is everything and that one little thing can change the way you view something. And this week, my view of this passage changed. When I first started preparing for this months ago and all throughout the week, that was the verse I wanted to focus on because I think it's so crucial to everything. But there's another verse that is just as important. And he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Go in peace. That verse is so important. And it relates directly to the previous verse. The sins being forgiven and the great love when our sins are forgiven, when we show Jesus great love, we are told to go in peace. We are unable to go in peace. We've been praying for my friend, Scott Hauser. And Tuesday, they had to innovate him. And they did this knowing that there was a very good chance that he would never come off the vent that his last days would be spent hooked up to a machine. And so on Monday, him and his wife had many long conversations. And him and his children had many long conversations. And they said their goodbyes. And one of the last things that and his wife talked about was the peace the peace because he knew he belonged to God. And she did too. He knew that his sins were forgiven because he had shown great love. He knew because he would shown great love his sins were forgiven. And it filled him and her with peace. That even when she said goodbye to her husband at far too young of an age, even though she mourns his passing, even though they are weeping and mourning and so alone, underneath it all is peace. Peace because we have great love for the Lord. Peace because our sins are forgiven. Peace because those two rely on each other. That when we love the Lord, our sins are forgiven. And when our sins are forgiven, we love the Lord. And that's the gospel in a nutshell God's love for us and our love for God cohabitating, co depending on each other. And because of those, we are able to go in peace, we're able to live in peace. the peace of knowing we're loved. Amen.